0: On this episode of We the Young People, we will be covering stories centered around close calls. We've all had those times when something bad could have happened, but we ended up lucky in the fact that things ended up going okay. My close call came the first year I went to Alaska. We had to take several flights to get to the village, the last of which was on a small bush plane. I had never been on a plane this small before, and to be completely honest, this plane looked about as airworthy as a toaster. As we boarded the plane, I was shaking, so afraid to step into this tin can with wings. The plane took off, and as soon as it did, my stomach dropped harder than it ever has. I was terrified the whole way to the village. As we landed, we bounced, and it seemed like the plane was out of the pilot's control. He slowed the plane down just in time to stop at the very end of the runway. In this episode of We the Young People, you will hear a few more close-call stories, starting with Chloe talking to Mr. Lind. Chapter 1. Where'd My Finger Go?
1: Okay, I'm here with Mr. Lynn today. How are you doing?
2: Chloe, I'm doing great, how are you?
1: I'm doing good. Good. Um, let me hear a little bit about your close call story.
2: Well, it was the uh, summer of 1996. Okay. I was uh, cutting grass at uh, Green Park Lutheran Grade School. I was teaching here already, but they didn't pay very much, so I needed to uh, make a little extra money, so I was cutting grass mm-hmm. over there. And uh, I was using a riding mower And the blades are pretty dull, so I thought, you know what? I need to sharpen uh, the blades on the lawnmower so I can keep cutting the grass. Have you ever had to sharpen blades on a lawnmower before, Chloe?
1: Um, no. No,
2: (laughs) no. Well, see, it's kind of dangerous. It can be kind of dangerous. So I took the deck off the mower. I flipped it upside down, and the deck mower has three blades on it, and they're all, like, connected. So one spins. They all spin, and I need to get them off. So I took a piece of wood, I blocked off one of them, and I took a wrench and I put it on a different one so that I could loosen it, thinking it would all hold. Oh yeah. And so I was pushing with the wrench. It was, you know, locked in from all the goo when you cut grass, you get the
1: goo, yeah, the goo,
2: the grass goo. That's a good on description, there, right? And it kind of clogs it all up. And so I had to push pretty hard, and uh, when I was pushing, the block of wood I was using to block the blades from spinning dislodged and when I pushed, it spun all the blades real hard. So yeah, ah, that's right, so the, <laughs> so the blades came around one way, my hand came into it from the other way, and I could feel like the, the thud on my hand where the blade hit my hand. So I didn't want to look at it. Like, right, you ever get hurt? You know, when you're like yeah. afraid to look at, see what the damage is or, you know, like you're playing a sport and you think you might've broken a finger or a leg and you're like, all right, man, I, I don't even yeah. want to look at it's this one. It's almost better off now. Right, right, way. right. So, yeah. so I quick, I, I hid my hand behind my back uh-huh. and I was like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a deep breath. I'm going to look at it when I think I'm ready to look at it. Uh, I was okay at this point. I was thinking, well, it doesn't really hurt that bad. You know, yeah. I could feel a thud, but it wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, real sharp painter I think so I figured you know I'm hopefully I don't need stitches or whatever but you never know so I brought my hand I looked at it and my index finger yeah. uh was hanging off backwards off my hand oh. uh yeah yeah the blade had managed to <laughs> cut through uh, part of my palm and it cut through everything except for like just the back skin on my knuckle <laughs> oh, and so my no. finger was hanging off which is you know disconcerting right i you mean almost lose your finger yeah you yeah, almost lose your finger i mean yeah. it's just kind of you know hanging on by like a literal thread so Ugh. so what would you do if this happened to you what would you do next
1: call the ambulance well you
2: see you wouldn't because in those days i remember it was 1996 no cell phones oh i was that's outside so sad. cutting grass and so i couldn't really do that so um, i had an old rag there that i was using to uh, you know get the goo yeah you know the goo off of the off of the lawnmower and I folded my hand up into a ball, like mm-hmm. a fist, and then I just wrapped it up. So yep. uh, just kind of keep my finger in place, because first of all, this looked look terrible. And mm-hmm. trying to keep the bleeding you yep. know, down to a minimum. And uh, I needed to get to the hospital. So uh, I knew I couldn't get to a phone. Uh, I knew there really was no other way to do this. So I decided I'm just going drive to myself, drive myself to the emergency <laughs> room so okay. i got in the car and it's kind of hard you that. know like it's my right it's my right hand and think about putting the key in the ignition right now think about that
0: <laughs> you're reaching over right, your right 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 so
2: like... i was trying to do that and, and even worse my car keys were in my right pocket so i dare you to <laughs> stand up and try to fish something out of your right pocket with, with your, your left hand. hand it's really really hard so i mean at this point i'm, I'm bleeding everywhere you know <laughs> oh, no. trying to get my keys out of my pocket disaster. it's a disaster so i get in the car and I drive myself to St. Anthony's. It's is quite possibly the worst hospital in <laughs> St. Louis. I mean, at least reputation-wise, it' terrible hospital, okay, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I get to the emergency room, and I check myself in, and I said, Yeah, I I think I need some stitches on my finger, and the nurse working the emergency room just said, Well, you know, we have a lot of emergencies in here, and and we don't have time for this right now. It's just, oh you goodness. go sit down. We'll get you when we can. It's really rude. Yeah. So I sat there and I was like, okay. And I mean, I'm bleeding through this thing. And I can feel myself getting kind of lightheaded. Because he... I, I lost a d- decent amount of blood at this point. <laughs> so time had passed. You know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, you know, 30 minutes. I'm sitting here, sitting here, sitting there. So finally I walked up to the lady. And I said, ma'am, I, I understand what you're saying. Like, I know, I know you get like gunshot. You know, wounds or whatever, but I, I think this is something that I, I think I need to have this thing looked at, yeah, uh, pretty quick. And she gets, she chastises me about, you know, <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. So I unwrap it in front of her, and I opened up, my finger drops right back down to where it was, oh blood's no. going everywhere. And at that moment, they got me in like in the next like fifteen seconds. So, so that was a good. <laughs> move. That was a good move. I had to bleed on her, yeah. to to make that to make that happen, but whatever you have to do. Sometimes you got to do what you got to yes. do, right? Okay. Uh-huh. So now they moved me into a waiting room, like a I don't know emergency room waiting room. You know, they, yeah. Okay. And on this plastic gurney, and I'll never forget this. I'm laying in this small gurney, pretty narrow, <laughs> and I'm decent-sized guy. <laughs> I was so it's yeah. shoulder to shoulder. Uh, you know, it's not like your bed at home where there's a mattress. I mean, it's just plastic, right? Yeah. And they have my dirty rag with the goo grass goo on it that yes. was holding my finger on, and I'm just laying there. And so I'm just laying there, and it's bleeding, and it's bleeding, and it's bleeding, and the blood was actually had reached up all the way up the side of my body up to like you know my hair and oh no you know and finally they came in.
1: It's just like a puddle of blood. I'm laying in my own puddle of blood. Oh okay. At this point, because they took away my rag, I couldn't
2: get the bleeding to stop. And they come in and tell me, "Sorry, uh, Mr. Lind, you we don't have anybody that can fix this."
1: So what did you
2: do? Well, right, right, right. So again, (laughs) worst. In my opinion, hospital at the time. I'm sure it's better now. Yeah, yeah. But they didn't have anybody that could fix it. They said the damage is extensive enough that we can't. We don't even here they can sew this thing up. You know, there's all kinds of issues with it. So putting the joint back together, you know, we can't really do that. So we are just going to uh, we're gonna we're gonna staple up your hand, mm-hmm. and uh, we're gonna send you someplace else to get your hand fixed. So they just took the they folded my finger back up, and they just like a stapler. You know, okay. it was like metal staples. Yeah. And they stapled up all the meat. Now everything else is disconnected. <laughs> so it's like a, a, just like a piece of licorice, you know, like shaking a piece of licorice. I, <laughs> I couldn't move it. So not okay. And uh, and I and I did. I had to I had to reschedule to what they call a hand plastic surgeon, so they could reattach my my finger. Wow. Well, they had to wait a while. Uh, they wanted to wait for the blood to go back and to heal up. So I went to the hand plastic surgeon. And they sewed everything back up. They reconnected the tendons. They put the bone, ca- you know, joint capsule back together. But they said this is, and this is interesting. They said the nerve is dead. Yep. So your finger's going to be numb. But we don't know when you injure a nerve, it can get injured all the way back up to, like, really your spinal cord. It can be that far. Now, nerves yeah. regrow, though. So it regrows at about one centimeter a year. And oh, so wow. you're going to know what the damage is if your finger is numb for... Only a couple months. That means yeah. it just died right where the injury happened. So, the feeling came back to my finger. Okay. Uh, ten years later.
1: Oh my goodness.
2: So, so but it was interesting because that means the nerve had to regenerate all the way from the my spinal from cord. Your, but yeah. eventually it came. Now it's not. It's kind of weird still. Like it doesn't have great feeling. You know, I still have a nice <laughs> scar. It looks like a piece of licorice every once in a while. But, but <laughs> yeah. they actually did a pretty good job. So, so I almost lost my finger, but. You didn't. N- but I did not. That was my close call.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much. You're
2: welcome.
0: While losing a finger seems like a terrible thing, there are some things that are even scarier to lose. Now we go to Abby McGew talking to Stephanie Com about losing something more important than a finger. Chapter 2, Babysitting Gone Wrong.
1: I'm here with senior Stephanie Combs. Stephanie, how are you doing today? I'm good, how are you, Abby? I'm good, thank you. (laughs) Um, Stephanie, I'd like you to tell me about your close call you had. Okay, so when was it? I was, it was second semester sophomore year, and it was my first time ever babysitting. (laughs) So um, I joined babysat for kids with my friend, and she was a senior at the time and we're watching these kids two girls and two boys the girls are like five and six and the two boys are like 11 and 13-ish age and we're watching them and she lives i don't know kind of near the city i would suppose like near a major road i would say not like a highway but <laughs> I don't know, big enough but that's important um so we're watching these kids and she decides that she's going to take the two boys on a bike ride so they all get on bikes, the three of them, and the two girls weren't big enough for the bike, so they were gonna stay back with me. Um, but they didn't wanna stay back with me, apparently. <laughs> I'm not. You're not cool enough for Not them. cool enough, but biking seemed like a much cooler thing to them. So, um, the two boys and my friend leave on their little adventure and they head towards a trail and they have to cross that big road I mentioned earlier to get to the trail. And the two girls were not happy that they did not get to go, so um, (laughs) they decided to head after them. One of them was on a scooter. (laughs) Oh no! The the older girl was on a scooter, and the younger girl was just running as fast as her little legs could take her. (laughs) And onto this big road, um, headed towards this big road, and I was also running as fast as my little (laughs) legs could take me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we're in pursuit. Uh, The younger one is running. Older one is scootering down headed towards this major road (laughs) and all of a sudden you know we're just like on the side of the road (laughs) and at this point i was kind of just screaming at just saying like oh like you need to come back here like right now this isn't safe like get it together they're both crying because they're not on the bike ride i'm about to cry because i'm terrified (laughs) (laughs) of these kids and like this busy road that they're running right next to and we're running next to this road the one on the scooter is just scooting along. One running is still ahead of me. I finally catch up to her. Um, and I have her contained but she's screaming and trying to get away from me. Uh, so there's that situation that I'm dealing with. In the meanwhile, the older sister, who was still on her scooter, uh, was running out a sidewalk on the side of the road. So I'm watching this all go down and I have the younger one like somehow contained in my arms I guess. <laughs> and I'm screaming at the older one telling her, come back, come back, come back. And so, finally, I decide. well, I'm going to have to go after her, too, because she's running out of sidewalk. This isn't good. So, I tell the younger sister, like, you need to stay here. I put her in a safe place, and so I've got my eye on her, and she's relatively calmed down at this point, and I start running after the one on the scooter, as she's not listening to me. And so, I finally catch up with her. She's screaming and crying, still has the scooter, trying to kind of attack me with it. And I just remember telling her, and looking back at her younger sister, and telling her, your younger sister like you need to protect her like you have to come with me like or else i don't know like so this. it was the family that got her to come back that's what i think i don't know she wouldn't yeah. listen to me <laughs> she's still so, they just really want to go on that bike ride i don't know but <laughs> when i kind of like grabbed by the shoulders like hey that's your sister she's your younger sister you need to protect her we have to go back and make sure she's safe then she was like okay we'll go back get her so that's sweet have the one on the scooter go back get her younger sister we walked back to my friend's house where we were watching them in tears all of us <laughs> and were the boys crying too uh so the boys were this way out on their bike ride still <laughs> but they missed the whole ordeal but um <laughs> after a good 10 minutes i think everybody forgave me but <laughs> That's good. um were those kids scared too like maybe after the fact after you got them together were they scared at all i don't know if they ever really like processed how bad the situation was i think maybe if they would have they would have listened to me sooner but i think they're so focused on like what they wanted to do they didn't really notice these kids do (laughs) like so it was you and you and the other babysitter who were most scared well the other babysitter was far off already biking with the boys (laughs) so 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 it was you you were you were just scared and you were you were scared alone no one else to be scared with i just had this vision of this is my first time babysitting and the other girls off with the other two boys having a great time <laughs> and i'm with these two girls and something bad is just going to happen <laughs> big road crazy people news mm-hmm. how close was this close call i don't know i don't like to think about it that much because like i oh, don't know not even a close call it was so, i would say like I don't know. I, would, I just like, had this image of like something's going to go wrong, like, a car's not going to see them because they're little. So, it was way closer than I would have liked. <laughs> um, what did you learn from it? I learned, I don't like yelling at little kids, <laughs> but I learned sometimes it's just best to, if you are keeping somebody safe and you care about them, it is best to do like tough love. Thank you for your time, Stephanie. Yeah.
0: Sometimes close calls don't always have a large impact on our lives, but other times they do. We now move on to Abby Schultz talking with Mr. Nations about a time when close calls ended up working itself out for the better. Chapter 3, The Student Teaching Situation.
2: Hello,
1: I'm here with Mr. Nations. Mr. Nations, how are you doing today? I'm
3: good, how are you Abby?
1: I'm good. Would you like to tell us a little bit about your close call story?
3: I would, so this is obviously the second time we've done it because you screwed recording up. Do you want me to tell like the same jokes this time or should I think of new jokes? (laughs) So um, I'm from St. Louis um, and I uh, went to college at Mizzou and then I moved to Florida after I got done with that. Didn't know what I was gonna do. And then I finally decided that I was gonna maybe try teaching, like maybe I'll just like dip my toes in the water. So I came back here. I registered for some education courses at UMSL. I started like subbing in the area and I was like, okay, I think that this is something that I would like. So I continued on that track at UMSL to get um, like a certification. They do like a certification master's program. So I started there and like when you start, like they basically kind of like track you. So it's kind of a big group at the beginning, but as you get like a year into your program, like the number gets smaller and smaller and you're with like this same small group of people. Um, And your last two semesters, um, one of them is observations and then the second one is student teaching. So observation is you go into a school, you go into the classroom, you're with one teacher and you sit in their room like once a week and you just like watch, you take notes and stuff. And then like, we'd go back to our like little small cohort and share like what we like learned or saw or whatever that week. Um, and then you teach like one little lesson at some point that semester. And then the idea is like, you've been in that room, preferably, you know, they like it like fall, spring, like a regular school year. So, um, like you know the kids and you know the building, and you know the room and all that stuff. So when you student teach the following semester, you it's not like a new totally like, what do I do experience. So UMSL places everybody like they pick where you're gonna go. I mean I think that you can have some say if you want, but mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't know like anything where to go. So I was just like yeah place me wherever. So I got placed at Normandy High School, which isn't a school anymore, was a school. Um, historically not a great school like they just there's just not a well-funded place um the students have a lot of issues so it's like a hard place to go teach um i didn't even know that so i was just like okay normandy here we go and like we're getting closer and closer to the start of my observation semester and i hadn't heard like anything from my cooperating teacher like they're supposed to be like hey these are the books that we're reading. Like if you want to sort of get prepped for some stuff, these are the things, these are the classes, you know, I didn't even know what classes this guy taught. And so like I reached out probably like way later than I should, but like I reached out like a couple of days before I was supposed to show up. I didn't think it was a big deal because I wasn't supposed to do anything. I was just supposed to sit in a room and watch a guy teach. And, um, but remember like this is like a two semester sort of partnership. So like if you sign up, like the teacher knows like this kid is gonna be in my room for a oh, two yeah. semesters. So yeah. it's not just the observation semester. he'll eventually be a student teacher. So I reach out to this guy and I'm like, hey, you know, just one touch base. We start next week, you know, in a couple of days, like what do I need to know, blah, blah, blah. He emails me back. I can't remember if he emailed me back or like somebody from the school emailed me back or I got a voicemail either way. Like we're not taking a student teacher. Like I find this out two days for him to show up. We're not taking one. We've decided against it.
0: Would have been nice to know.
3: <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Like a week maybe even before <laughs> yeah. that. So I'm scrambling and I have no idea what to do. Um, so I reach out to my advisor and I tell her what's going on and she's like, okay, I'm going to work on it. And she starts just like calling schools, I guess. Um, and one of the schools that she calls is South. Like, I didn't even, I'm from St. Louis. I went to Brentwood High School and like, I'd never even heard of Lutheran South. Like, yep. <laughs> no clue that this was a place. I probably even played like baseball here before, like in high school. But like, I was just like a dumb kid, so I didn't pay attention. But I was like, never heard of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, you mean Lindbergh? Is that where I'm, <laughs> is that where you're talking about? So anyway, she calls Lutheran South. And at the time, the guy that handled student teaching was uh, also a math teacher, Aaron Kreiser, awesome guy. So he gets the phone call and they're like, hey, we know the school year starts in a couple of days, but would you be willing to take on a student teacher? And he's like, um, yeah, let me uh, let me check with our uh, department chair and we'll see what he says and I'll call you back. And they're like, okay, great. Uh, he's like, yeah, let me talk to Rich Rice. And he hangs up the phone and I've talked with... Mr. Creaser about this like after the fact, and he was like, dude, so like when I hung up the phone, he was like, I had zero intention of going and talking to Rich Rice about this, like none. <laughs> it was school was starting in two days, we were not taking a student teacher. I was just being nice on the phone, and I didn't wanna be like, heck no, we're not, good luck, hang up, you know. Yeah. He was like, so I was just being nice and had zero intention of walking down the hall and asking him, he says, but, Like, as soon as he hung up the phone, Rich Rice, like, walked in front of his office. So Mr. Kreaser, his office was where Mr. Harm's office is now.
0: Yeah.
3: And so he, like, walked in that little hallway, like, past it. And he was like, hey, Rich. And he, like, pokes his head back. And he's like, do you want a student teacher? And he's like, sure. Wow. And so he, like, picked (laughs) the phone right back up and called right back and was like, yeah, we'll take him. And so that's how I got here, right? So I came and I did my student teaching. And we have that same little small cohort. So we're, like, talking with the group all the time mm-hmm. and um, we get done with the first semester. And then there was a girl in the group who, for whatever reason, she couldn't stay in her room. So she was at some school for her observations and then they weren't going to take her for students teaching semester. I don't I don't know why, but she had to find a new place. And so she was like in the same position as me, yeah. except even worse because she had her student teaching semester coming up as opposed to just observations. And last minute, they found a place for her at Normandy in the exact same for the exact same teacher that I was supposed to be with, like mm-hmm. that guy changed his mind and he took a student teacher on. And so she went into that room and that classroom, it turns out during the student teaching semester where I'm here in just like good old Lutheran South, you know, just yeah. like all these nice kids. <laughs> Her classroom was on the news that semester because one kid came into her classroom and stabbed another kid in her classroom.
1: Wow. Wow. And that that could have been you.
3: And that could have been me in that room. And knowing me, like if somebody came into a classroom (laughs) I was teaching in and stabbed somebody else, I'd have been like, okay, I'm not going to be a teacher. (laughs) Yeah. If this is a possibility, like I don't want to do this. Yeah. That's very scary. I will find some other thing to like do. Wow. And it won't be this.
1: And now you're here at Lutheran South.
3: And now I'm here like eight years later.
1: With all these great kids. Yeah. And no stabbings. No stabbings. <laughs> you know? Well, that's awesome.
3: Yeah. So it was a close call. Very close. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Mr. Nation. You're welcome.
0: In our lives, things don't go as planned. In Mr. Nation's case, his close call could have changed his life. And as students of Lutheran South, we are all lucky he ended up here. Everybody has close calls in their lives. Some close calls might not be as serious as losing two kids or a finger. They might not end up landing you a job either. But whatever that close call is, they can ultimately shape our lives.